0: So for the sake of our podcast, I do want to lift at what our readings are today. Jeremiah 17 verses 5 through 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 12 through 20, and Luke chapter 6 verses 17 to 26. Now this gospel lesson is really tough to hear, especially if you're like me. I have a solid home. I have a good job. I have a good family. I have money enough for both food and fun. I'm not what I would call particularly wealthy until I start to compare myself to the majority of the population of the rest of the world. And then I start to squirm a little bit. I start to squirm because I know, if I'm not living in denial, I know that I fall under Jesus' columns of woe. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full. Woe to you who are laughing. Woe to you when all speak well of you. Compared to whom exactly? Well, compared to those who have little to call home. Compared to those who are lucky if they have just one meal a day. Compared to those who mourn more losses than I can imagine. Compared to those who are considered expendable, unnecessary. I I really like Matthew's version of this better. Because he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those are a little easier to deal with. They're a little further away, harder to grasp. They don't slap me in the face like these do. Because these are tough. Matthew's version takes place on a mountaintop. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. The mountain is where heavy spiritual things happen. Luke's version takes place on a level place. That says a lot about what Jesus is saying here in Luke's account of the gospel. A level place suggests a level playing field. But I think Jesus suggests something even more drastic. The idea that perhaps God's favor rests on those whom the world as discarded as trash. Now that's not an easy pill to swallow. The fact that we might discard people as well as the fact that that is where God's blessings end up. But this world that we live in now isn't all that much different than the world that Jesus lived in then. We tend to value those who are independent, who are wealthy, who are famous, who pull themselves up by their bootstraps, We honor those who display the characteristics of strength, not weakness. And then we strive to be like them, because we want to be strong too. Jeremiah reflects on the difference between putting our trust in ourselves versus putting our trust in God. When we only trust in our own strength and knowledge, we're like this shrub planted in the desert. We're fine when the rains come, when things are running smoothly, the weather is behaving, the market is going up, the employment rate is down, or the unemployment rate is down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But when the drought comes, we panic. We don't know where the next paycheck will come from. The market crashes, or the government shuts down. An armed man walks into a factory and kills five people. Only a year after someone walked into a school and killed 17 students. The weather goes wild. Bees become extinct. Illegal drugs become deadlier and more more available, while at the same time, needed, necessary medicine becomes impossible to pay for. And no wonder we panic. No wonder we have knee-jerk reactions to these very real problems, grasping at any drop of water that comes near our little shrub in the desert, frightened that another shrub will get to it first. The world is out of our control. But Jeremiah tells us there's another way, that those whose trust is in the Lord are like trees planted by flowing streams. No, oh, yes, the drought still comes. But there is no fighting among everyone else for the single drop of water because we know that there is enough. Yes, the world is out of our control, but it's not beyond our influences. The world is out of our control, but it's still well within the power and love of God's abiding presence. And instead of knee-jerk reactions, we can contemplate lasting changes. Instead of blaming our challenges on one situation or one group of people, we can consider the many factors that impact the situation. But while that sounds nice, it's not a popular message. It's not our current way of life to be content, to be generous, to trust that there will be enough for all. Instead, we scrap and fight and push and claw to make sure there is enough for me, which is why the woes that Jesus sets forth are so hard for us to hear. Woe to you who have much. You apparently have no need for God. Woe to you who have more than enough to eat, who waste food just because you don't, like, don't feel like eating it. You have no need for the Lord. Woe to you who laugh in the face of the world's problems. You have no idea how much you need the Lord. Woe to you when you say things that build yourself up, when those around you cheer you on against the world's problems, when you tell everyone what they want to hear, whether it's true or not. That's what the false prophets did. You are not following Christ. But of course, the truth is that we do need the Lord. All of us. Whether we find ourselves in the woe column or the blessed column, we need the Lord. We need the Lord to turn us around as a whole people. We need the Lord to forgive our self centered and selfish ways. We need the Lord to pull us out of the muck and the mire that we find ourselves in, whether it was by our own hands or the hands of others, and usually a combination of both. We need the Lord to turn our hearts again to God's goodness and grace. We need the Lord to inspire our work so that what we do and what we can do in this world is done to God's glory and not to our own. We need the Lord to reorient our lives to the gospel, the good news of a crucified Christ, And we need the Lord to keep opening the gates of hearts to the changes the Lord desires to make in us. That total heart transplant from a hard heart of stone to a beating heart of flesh, as Pastor Nadia Boltsweber has often said. We need to be continually opened to a different way of thinking, believing, and responding to the world. In a beautiful reflection on Jesus' upside down kingdom, Frederick Buechner writes this The world says, mind your own business. And Jesus says, there is no such thing as your own business. The world says, follow the wisest course and be a success. And Jesus says, follow me and be crucified. The world says, get. And Jesus says, give. In terms of the world's sanity, Jesus is, a cra- is crazy as a coot, and anybody who thinks he can follow him without being a little crazy too is laboring less under a cross than under a delusion. This is the Lord we follow. Someone crazy enough to accept death on a cross for a people who would choose to crucify him again before we would willingly follow him to the cross. And yet there he is. There he went to the cross, to death, so that we would continue to be assured that even death cannot stop the love God has for you and for this world, and that God will not stop. God will stop at nothing to turn our hearts around again and again, that God's patience is beyond our understanding and God's love is beyond our comprehension. This is the Lord we follow, whose wisdom seems like foolishness, whose power looks like weakness, whose beauty is found in rejection, whose life is found in death. This is the Lord we follow. Amen.